So, um, so we're good to have you with us, especially we've got some visitors here. If you would, and so good to have you online watching too, because I know in particular that Bernadette and I have some friends who are watching from all over different places of Texas and outside of Texas, maybe even Catherine Crowley from over in Oman. I wouldn't be surprised if you're on there with us today, Catherine, Kathy. So anyway, it's good to see you all online and um, to have you all in here. If you're visiting for the first time, make sure you grab one of our wonderful tumblers and uh, as a gift from us, you'll see that on the way out. Marty will help you with that. A couple of quick things. Notice all the scheduling on the back that's changed because of the coming weeks. No Tuesday night group, for example. And then... Um, also, this, the service schedule for Christmas Eve services, you'll notice all of that. This morning, we have a, a guest artist, a couple of guest artists are going to be with us a little bit later. One of my good friends from a long time, and for a long time, have been involved in the storytelling community throughout Texas and outside of Texas and beyond even the U.S., who hails from, um, I didn't know it was from Winchester, Yes, but it is, she is from, from England and from the UK, and, from, and uh, I've known her for, for years from here in Texas and from Austin, and uh, she's done this wonderful show that she's doing with us this morning. She'll tell you a little bit about that as she's doing one scene from that. She's an amazing storyteller. She's also an author. I wanted to advertise that she's got a couple of books back there, uh, one about her experience in, in uh, tour and uh, uh, traveling in Tripoli, and then also this one, which I really can't wait to read, Stealing Baby Jesus. So, um, which is, of course, Ludicrous Attempts to Rescue Christmas. She has her books in the back and would love for you to have some of those as well. They're for sale back there. Uh, also, we'll be taking up kind of a love offering just to help defray some expenses because this is the year end and we always have a lot of extra things we're doing. So, if uh, you feel so moved, you can do that as well as your usual offering up here in a little bit. Um, She's going to be speaking with us and sharing. She's an actress as well as a storyteller and does programs in all, at all levels, everything from elementary to college to corporate and in theaters. And so I was really glad we could snag her for her last tour, and last performance of this year's tour as she heads back to Austin for the, for the holiday season. So we're really excited. And maybe even right now, we just give her a welcome. <laughs> Bernadette Nason. Then we also have in the band today, of course, we have Chris Brown, which we're always glad to have Chris Brown with us. And, um, and I'm going uh, to let David introduce our, well, Brad, Brad you can introduce our, our horn players and then our special guests, uh, Tips and Obermiller. That's right. Over here to the left, longtime friend of the service, David Rosario. And our good friend Leo signs on the little tiny pocket trumpet right there. Let's go. There you go. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero año y felicidad.
Sutton, and all I want for Christmas is this band. <laughs> okay, let's go. Welcome. Welcome to everyone here and everyone online at this wonderful time of year. We are so glad that you are here, and it is truly a joy to be in worship with this group of folks. Thank you for coming today. Would you join me? Our Advent candle is lit. And we are going to do a responsive reading together this morning, uh, which means I will read the part of the leader, and then you will read the part <clears throat> of all. So join me, please. Come, come, whoever you are. Wonders, worshipers, lovers of leaving. Ours is not the cares and For even in the unknown, in the silent shadow of the longest nights, the light of love. Here it is. The light is coming. <laughs> Lighting the candle of hope, may we awaken to the hidden wholeness of grace that connects us all. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you, Margaret. Folks, I want to have you stand with us now, and we're going to sing a good old solid Christmas carol. Would you please join us? And also, if you have an offering, you can bring it to the table at this time. All right. Sing it with us. I got to rest, ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. 
remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Nice. Verse 2. From God, our Heavenly Father, this blessed angel came and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. All tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, tidings of comfort and joy. Here we go. Oh, stop. to that perfect life. Oh, yeah. Elena? Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. All I bring to crown him again. King forever. She's never over. So he reigns. Oh, One more verse, here we go. Rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. That was awesome. Now, would you take a moment, please, work around the room and offer one another a sign of peace, please?
Hey, I'm going to invite everyone to find your seat now. I'm not going to wear these. I'm going to invite you all to find your seat, please. So nice to see everybody welcoming everybody. It's good to see everyone here this morning, too. And I didn't really give them a a uh, proper introduction here. We've had Hillary Tips with us many times before and subbing in, um, but she and her husband, Steve uh, uh, Obermiller, have been doing duet music, touring around together over the years, and now they've kind of started a whole new thing with touring. I think it's more recently that you've done this whole new thing. Yeah. you got a new album out yeah. and all of that. And so since we knew that she was coming, we said, I bet he's going to be here somewhere. So why don't he come up here too? And so we're glad to have them both to do a special with us. Thank you for having us. is packed or the strings of light are broken I don't care if the gifts are wrapped or there's nothing here to open love is not a toy and no paper will conceal it love is simply joy that I'm home I don't care if the carpet's stained, we got food upon our table. I don't care if it's gonna rain, our little room is warm and stable. Love is who we are, and no season can contain it. Love will never fall for that. We sing. so scared that you'll mess it up when perfection keeps you haunted 
All we need is your best, my love. That's all anyone ever wanted. Love is how we do, and no judgment overruling. Love, I look to you, and I say. read your Bible closely, you'll find that this story is found in all four Gospels. Uh, that's not always the case. Uh, many times the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, have similar stories, but John includes this story also. And so uh, today's reading comes from Luke, the third chapter. Uh, times were tough in Israel. Uh, the Romans had come in and occupied and were heavily taxing the people. Uh, it was not what you would call a Merry Christmas, okay? And, uh, but the word on the street was that a Savior was coming, one who would bring salvation and was coming. And so listen as Luke writes. The crowds who came out to be baptized by John, who replied, You pack of snakes, who warned you to escape the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as a sign of your repentance, and don't presume to say to yourselves, We have Sarah and Abraham as our mother and father, for I tell you that God can raise children for Sarah and Abraham from rocks. So the people asked him, Then what should we do? John replied, let those who have two coats share with those who have none. Let those who have food do the same. Tax collectors were also there and asked John, teacher, what are we to do? He answered, tax nothing over and above your fixed amount. Soldiers likewise asked, what about us? John told them, don't bully anyone. Don't accuse anyone falsely. Be content with your pay. Yeah. 
moment and I want to invite you to do something turn on the back of your bulletin and on the back side of thoughts for reflection we're just thinking about these two quotes as I think about this morning our text from uh, from the gospel of Luke and our guest who's about to share with us this wonderful scene from a very familiar uh, writing and a very familiar play that we've all seen a musical for some of us but this thing from Meister Eckhart who is a 13th I believe a 12th century uh, German Christian mystic and who wrote this statement, God ripened me, so I see that it is true. All objects in existence are wildly in love. And it's a beautiful idea, right? And, and to make that assertion seems sometimes so contradictory to the reality we sometimes find ourselves in, as well as the reality we see around us in the wider world. 
And it's this challenge, I think, how is this possible to see things in love when there seems to be a lot of hate or there seems to be a lot of anger? But maybe what Eckhart's saying is he's seeing something closer to the ground of who we all are and what all of life is and that how we learn to see that is challenging because we have to forget stuff in order to see it. We have to get far enough away. And so I had this extra quote in here by Audre Lorde, which was, one does not discover new lands without consenting to lose sight for a very long time of the shore. And that's the hard part. So Kairos offers us a chance not to react out of our normal stances to all the situations that are normally present to us and that may be even painful to us. But we react out of normalness. We react out of the familiar shore. Kairos invites us instead to take deep breaths and to just be in the practice of being more mindful to the moment and less mindful of that shore until we can begin to actually start seeing things that we just simply took for granted. So I'm going to invite you to take a few moments. I'm going to ring this gigantic singing bowl. <laughs> and um, as, it, as it hums, I invite you to close your eyes. You can get in an upright position, whatever is comfortable for you to just stare at something where you're not distracted and take three long deep breaths and three longer exhales with each time and then, um, and then just practice that for a moment. When the thoughts come, focus back on the sound. Try to just simply welcome whatever comes and says, going to be by myself for a moment and let it go. See how far you can get from that shore. in this season of waiting, this season of expectation, we call Advent, Holy One, we are preoccupied always, and it seems everywhere. And so we take a minute to remember to breathe, and with each breath, to gain a little more distance from the familiarity of our anxiety, or the familiarity of our anger, or the familiarity of our disappointment to find that moment that in fact is wildly in love, that we too might reflect that, might participate. And so we give thanks for this time and this ability to stop, to breathe, and to celebrate. Amen.
Good morning. Every year, I tell the whole of A Christmas Carol. I do 30-something characters. And today, I'm going to share a Christmas present. I'm going to start, though, with the beginning, just the first page of the book, to introduce the characters. And then I'm going to skip two ghosts and go straight to when things are looking up for Scrooge with a Christmas present. And then I'm going to skip another ghost and go straight to the end. So bear with me and follow along. Marley was dead, to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead. Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he had been partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole friend and the sole mourner at his funeral. Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful can come from the story that I'm going to tell. Once upon a time, of all the good days of the year upon Christmas Eve, Ebenezer Scrooge was busy in his counting house, keeping an eye on his clerk, Bob Cratchit, who sat at his desk, finishing off the day's accounts. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, was Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, hard and sharp as flint, secret, solitary, and self-contained as an oyster. The city clocks had only just gone three. Bong, 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 but it was quite dark already. It was cold, bleak, foggy weather, but Scrooge didn't care. It's cold, bleak, foggy weather, but I don't care. <laughs> Scrooge had a very small fire, but his clerk's fire was so much smaller that it looked like one coal. But he couldn't replenish it, for Scrooge kept the coal box in his own room. And if the clerk dared to enter with his shovel, Scrooge would remind him that his employment might come to an end. Get back in there if you want to keep your job. And so the clerk would wrap his long white scarf about his neck and try to warm himself at his candle, in which effort, not being a man of strong imagination, he failed. <laughs> a Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. It was the cheerful voice of Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Bah, humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle. You don't mean that. I do. Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer? If I had my will, every idiot that goes about with Merry Christmas upon his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. <laughs> Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone then. Much good may it do you. Much good it has ever done you. Oh, there are many things from which I might have derived good, from which I have not profited, I dare say. Christmas among the rest. But I'm sure that I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar year where men and women seem to open their shut-up hearts freely 
and think of other people as if they were fellow travelers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe Christmas has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Bob Cratchit was so impressed with this speech that he involuntarily applauded. <laughs> Let me hear another sound out of you and you'll keep Christmas by losing your situation. You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. I'll see you in hell first. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why cannot we be friends? Good afternoon. Well, I have made my offer in honor of Christmas, and I shall keep my Christmas humor till the last. So a Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good afternoon. And Fred left the office without an angry word. Bong! Scrooge awoke in his bedroom. But when he pulled back the bed curtains, the room had undergone a surprising transformation. My bedroom has undergone a surprising transformation. <laughs> the walls and the ceiling were hung with holly, mistletoe, and ivy. A mighty fire blazed in the fireplace. Heaped upon the floor was every kind of Christmas fare. Turkeys and geese, mince pies and plum puddings, oysters and chestnuts, apples, oranges and pears, cakes and cookies and great bowls of punch. And in the midst of all this, there stood a glorious giant. Come in, come in and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. Have you ever seen the likes of me before? No, spirit. No, I never have. No, spirit. Conduct me where you will. I went last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson that is working still. Tonight, if you have anything to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe. The room and everything in it vanished instantly, and they found themselves on the crowded city streets of a snowy Christmas morning. Scrooge and the ghost passed on, completely invisible, through the crowds of people, going straight to Bob Cratchit's house. There was Mrs. Cratchit. <laughs> there was Miss Belinda Cratchit. Hello. Master Peter Cratchit, hello. And two smaller Cratchits, a boy, hello, and a girl, hello. <laughs> Whatever has got your precious father then? And your brother, Tiny Tim. And Martha wasn't this late last Christmas Day by half an hour. <gasps> Why, there's our Martha now. Bless your heart alive, my dear, how late you are. We had a deal of work to finish up last night, Mother, and had to clear away this morning. Well, never mind so long as you are here. Now, come along in, my dear, and sit yourself down. Warm yourself up, God bless you. No, no, there's Father coming. Hide, Martha, hide. So Martha hid herself. And in came Bob Cratchit with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder. 
Little Tim carried a small wooden crutch, his limbs supported by an iron frame. Right, there you go, Tim. All right, my boy. Why, where's our Martha? Not coming, not coming, not coming upon Christmas Day. But Martha couldn't bear to see her father disappointed, so she jumped out from her hiding place. Here I am, Father. It was only a joke. <laughs> now, children, why don't you go and fetch the goose? Take little Tim with you, that's right, and do take care bringing it in. And how did our little Tim behave? Oh, my dear, as good as gold and better. You know, somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant for them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, but our Tim is growing stronger every day. Look at the goose, Father. Look at the goose. Such a bustle ensued that you might have thought a goose the rarest of all birds. Mrs. Cratchit made the gravy sizzling hot. <sighs> Master Peter mashed the potatoes. <clears throat> Miss Belinda sweetened the apple sauce. Mm. Martha wiped the plates. <clears throat> And then Bob took little Tim and sat him next to him at the table. At last, everything was ready and grace was said. For all we eat and all we wear, for daily bread and nightly care, our heavenly Father, we thank thee. Amen. This was succeeded by a breathless pause. <gasps> As Mrs. Cratchit plunged the carving knife into the goose, ooh, and a murmur of delight arose around the table. Ooh, and everyone cried, hurrah! <laughs> there never was such a goose. And when everyone had had enough, and the youngest Cratchits were full up to the eyebrows, Martha cleaned the plates, and Mrs. Cratchit went out alone to fetch the Christmas pudding. <gasps> Suppose it isn't done enough. Suppose it should break in turning out. <gasps> Supposing someone's climbed over the wall into the backyard and stolen it while we were merry with the goose. But a few moments later, she came back in with the Christmas pudding. A speckled cannonball blazing with brandy and Christmas holly stuck in the top. Oh, my dear, what a wonderful pudding. <laughs> I must confess, now the weight is off my mind, I had my doubts about the quantity of flour. At last the dinner was over, and the family gathered around the hearth. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Achoo. Spirit, spirit. Tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat at the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows are not altered by the future, the child will die. Oh, no, spirit. No, no, kind spirit. 
Say Tiny Tim will be spared. What then? If he be like to die, he'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Bob charged his glass and raised it in a toast. I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of our feast, Mr. Scrooge. The founder of our feast, indeed. Well, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have good appetite for it. My dear, the children, Christmas Day. Well, it should be Christmas Day, I am sure, on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's, not for his. A long life to him, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to him. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. <laughs> Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge. It came as a great surprise to Scrooge as this scene ended, to hear a hearty laugh. Ho, 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 ho. And Scrooge recognized it as his own nephew's and found himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room with the spirit standing smiling by his side, looking down on that same nephew. I saw my Uncle Scrooge today. He said Christmas was a humbug, and he believed it too. Well, more shame for him, Fred. Oh, he's a comical old fellow, that's the truth, and not as pleasant as he might be. However, his offences carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. Who suffers by his ill whims? He does, always. He takes it into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us. What's the consequence? He misses a very good dinner. <laughs> the group were clustered around the fire by lamplight. They sang and they danced, but they didn't devote the whole evening to music. They played games, too. Okay, this is a game called Yes and No. I'm going to think of something, and you have to work out what it is, but I'm only going to answer your questions with a yes or a no, as the case may be. The questions Fred was asked elicited from him that he was thinking of an animal, a live animal, a disagreeable animal, a savage animal, an animal that growled and grunted sometimes and talked sometimes and lived in London and walked about the streets and wasn't led by anyone and wasn't made a show of and didn't live in a menagerie and was never killed in a market and was not a horse or a donkey or a cow or a bull or a tiger or a dog or a pig or a cat or a bear. And with every question asked of him, Fred burst into a fresh roar of laughter. <laughs> and he was so inexpressibly tickled that he was obliged to get up off the sofa and stamp. <laughs> and eventually his wife shouted out, I know what it is, Fred. I know what it is. I have guessed it. <laughs> it's your Uncle Scrooge, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you're right. Now, Scrooge had inadvertently become jolly and light at heart while watching this game, but with the last words spoken by his nephew, he was again upon his travels. Much they saw, 
And far they went, and many homes they visited, but always with a happy ending. They stood beside sick beds, and the patients were cheerful. They stood on foreign lands and were made to feel at home. They stood by struggling men who were patient in their hope for greater things. They stood beside poverty, and they saw how rich it could be. Come along, my life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight at midnight, and the time is drawing near. Look, look here. From the folds of its robe, the spirit brought two children, a boy and a girl, yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish. Spirit, are they yours? They are man's. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both, but most of all beware this boy, for on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless the writing be erased. Have they no refuge or resource? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Suddenly they stopped, and as they stood together in an open place, the clock struck twelve. Bong. The present is fast fading, Scrooge. Love it. Care for your fellow, Scrooge. Care for your fellow, Scrooge. No spirit, spirit, come back, come back. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he became a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, as good a man as this good old city knew. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but Scrooge's own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further interaction with spirits, and it was always said of Ebenezer Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed that knowledge. May that be truly said of us and of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. That was great, wasn't it? Okay. Our final song of the year. If you know it, sing along. If you don't know it, uh, still sing along. Okay. <laughs>
have been weighed down by sadness like a stone we have yearned we have yearned we have sometimes felt so utterly alone while we turn while we turn we've been stricken by the wonder of it all stricken down stricken down we have sometimes felt so faint we want to fall overcome but all in Say this year and fly together has been fun. What say we make one more circle around the sun? We have raised our fists in anger. And we tried to work it out, to work it out that we need each other. We cannot deny there is no doubt, there is no doubt. So let us weave another dream in outer space. Why we turn? Why we turning on this planet home it holds the human race? Still I learn, but all in all, I'd say this human flight together has been fun. But see if we make one more circle around the sun I say this year flying together has been a good good one but say if we make one more circle one more circle one more circle around the sun Again, we're so glad that we had a chance to have Bernadette Peters with us. Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Nason. Bernadette Nason. <laughs> and also having uh, Tipson Obermiller with us. We're glad to have them. I don't know where Steve, Steve's back there, yeah. 
So uh, Bernadette will be selling her books in the back. She's going to save one aside for me of, the, of Stealing Jesus. Yes, I want to see that one. And then, uh, <laughs> but if other people want it, they can have it. Uh, so you can be, be back there. If you do feel so kind and want to give an extra something in the basket, there's a basket back there as well. Marty will put it over on one of the tables. And then uh, also, if you've been visiting, make sure you grab one of those mugs on the way out. So winter solstice is coming up this week. Why we sang this last song as a way to think about as we move into the next circle around the sun and uh, celebrate Christmas. But I also invite you this week to just take a moment to celebrate with, uh, as Mary Oliver said, you know, being astonished. And, and as uh, Krista Tippett said, trying to find ways to make joy and good news more riveting than the bad news because it takes more intention to do that, right? And so that's what we get to do in this next circle around the sun to bring some cheer and joy around us. Let's all stand for our benediction. It's been good to be with you all this year. I'm not going to see you anymore. Well, I'll see you around. Um, I'll see you maybe at the other services. But it's, had, it's been good to, to be together this year here and uh, look forward to seeing you again in this space on January the 8th. Not before then. Yes. If you are here before then and you just need some company, you can text me. <laughs> I'll show up. All right. Let's join together in our benediction. Let's make good news as riveting as bad. Pay attention. That's your part. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell the world about it. <laughs>